Welcome to Please Bet on Football Games. Welcome to our first live recorded, in-person recorded episode of Please Bet on Football Games. I'm Joe, at BMADFTS, the keeper of the real, and with me in his apartment in Chicago is Alex. Yeah, happy to have you. Uh, a, a nice time in sunny Chicago. Uh, this is Alex at I underscore like underscore sports six. So Joe, this uh, this past week the pod picks turned out pretty well, but uh, I know personally we had we had a couple stinkers and there were there were a few that maybe some bad beats, tough losses for us. Yeah, it was pretty fucking heartbreaking. So we started off the week on fire because our gigantic bet on the Rams hit. It was a no-doubter. Russell Wilson going down made it even less of a doubter. But from there, everything just got worse. Um, I had a bad beat on the Packers. This was my second favorite bet of the week. I had minus three. Four missed kicks and a missed extra point later. I pushed. Yeah, I had minus three and a half on that one, so I even lost it. Luckily, I had them in two money line parlays that they pulled out for me, but still, that was tough. Never, never expect... The guy that's as consistent as Mason Crosby to have that bad of a day. You know, it's funny you talk about a money line parlay that got blown because I had one on Tennessee. That's good. New Orleans. That's good. Green Bay. That's good. And Carolina. And this one thousand dollar money line parlay would have paid me six thousand six hundred and seventy-five fucking dollars, which I do not have now, because Carolina had a punt blocked, which makes it the second or third time this year that I've lost a large bet because a fucking punt got blocked or otherwise absconded with. It definitely didn't help that Darnold had three interceptions. They would have won with three interceptions if they simply punted properly because the Eagles cannot move the ball. Yeah, that one that one was tough. I was telling you earlier where I had them in a money line parlay with New England and at the end of the first half, I was putting it in as a loser because New England was getting crushed. And I was upset that even though Carolina was going to hit, New England was going to be a loser for me. And then the second half came and slowly watched the fortunes of each team turn and realized I was going to lose anyways because Carolina completely fell apart against the Eagles. Speaking of falling apart, Indianapolis as well. I live bet Indianapolis, so I only got plus four and a half. That stings a lot. Now, I I had half on... uh, Indianapolis plus four and a half. I had half on it plus seven, but I thought I had a $1,600 winner. I had a negative $300 bet. That's just really, really, really rough. Yeah, and I think that's just a a good wrap up of how the week went in general. I mean, everything basically played out the way we thought it would. Like, we missed on Denver over Pittsburgh because they were just really beat up. Like, we just need to stay away from Denver until they get healthy, I think. And. Oh, we didn't talk about Cleveland. So, Alex is smart enough to not do this, but I'm not. So, I live wagered and had about a... In in the end, I had $3,000 on the Browns winning money line to win $3,600, which is good odds, especially when you consider that they were winning by, what, 21 points in the second half? But I forgot that the thing about Kevin Stefanski is, I hate him. See, Kevin Stefanski, aside from generally being a bitch, has nothing between his legs. I'll be fired for that statement in 10 years. No, the the man is just a coward. I don't think I've ever seen any team over any span of time 
get so many three-score leads, and then, like clockwork, squander each and every fucking one of them in the second half. The Titans last year. Almost the Steelers in the playoffs. The the Chiefs this year. Cowboys last year. Cowboys last year. And then this Chargers game. It Clockwork. The Browns come out. Hot start. Big lead. Stefanski pisses it down his leg by running halfback dive and not throwing downfield, not trying to score. He has the strangest... I think the the series... Not the final series, but the second to last series in the that Chargers game. The penultimate series. Thank you. The the penultimate series against the Chargers. They came out. They're up by one point. Mm-hmm. They ran on first down. Fine with it. That's cool. Second down, they threw, which I was actually also fine with. And there was a very blatant missed pass interference on that play. There was, and that's whatever sucks. You don't get the call. You should have. But even then, I'm fine with you throwing it there. But then you have to throw it again. Yeah. Because you've already committed to we're trying to play. We are we're trying to get the first down. And your defense at that point hasn't stopped. They haven't stopped him in three straight drives. Nope. So those, you know, eight yards of difference, because your punter's also horrible. But okay, forty yards, thirty yards of difference, it's not gonna matter because your defense isn't stopping them. You'd rather give them a shorter field anyway. So pass, try and get the first down. Or go for it on fourth. But to go in and run a draw play on third and ten and then punt the ball was just the most cowardly way out. He punted the game away and said, God, I hope we don't lose this time. And I agree with you. He's great in the first half normally. And then he just gets scared. He panics something. And he just falls off. And they squander these leads that, you know, the defense has its fair share of blame in. But the offense, if they would have one or two drives they'd be able to put games away, but they just aren't able to do it. This Browns versus Chargers game was such a fucking fraudulent final, though, because, so we've got on the second down on the penultimate drive for the Browns, where they eventually punt and forfeit the game. On second down, Hollywood Higgins is basically tackled on an out before he ever even comes near where the ball is supposed to be. No call. That changes fortunes quite a bit. And the only reason that this game is even close is because Justin Herbert threw a prayer that somehow Mike Williams' pass interfering with the defensive back turned into a 40-yard penalty gain on a 4th and 4. If the ref just doesn't call a penalty on anybody, even though he absolutely should have on Mike Williams, it's game over. The Browns get the ball, they run some clock, they kick a field goal, it's over. And I got another fun one for you. If the Chargers don't miss that extra point, the Browns probably win the game because it's a tie game. Kevin Stefanski thinks, oh, I have to score rather than I will sit on this one point lead for 10 minutes. And there's at least a 50-50 shot they score. The way that game was going, it's more like a 60-40 shot that they get a touchdown. And the way that they can run the ball in the fourth quarter and the way they were running the ball in the fourth quarter, I think when, when they go into that aggressive mode, they can put teams away. Where Baker has to complete a couple passes. Do the he... do the fucking play action roll left tight end flat that they always fucking do to get five yards. Mm-hmm. Do that on third and ten. Do it again. Like anyhow, there was a lot of fluky bullshit in this game, and it all went against the Browns. Should I say it? Should I say the thing I don't want to tell everybody? I love Justin Herbert. Nobody was higher on Justin Herbert than me coming out. I fucking called it. Justin Herbert is a great quarterback. I already have him as a top five guy. Baker Mayfield out-fucking-played him. And that's not saying much, because Baker didn't play well. He just 
didn't fuck up the simple shit. Whereas Justin Herbert benefited from a lot of busted coverages, a lot of bad plays that were made good by his team. And he fucking took some terrible sacks. He tried to turn the ball over a couple times. The better quarterback was Baker Mayfield. And we're still coming out of this game with the national media saying Baker can't be the guy. Baker's terrible. The Chargers are God. Brandon Staley could say, like, good morning, folks. And everybody on Twitter will repost it saying, hashtag all caps, this. Like, everyone is really high on them right now. I love Herbert, too. He did make some throws in that game that were incredible. There was one where he was rolling to his right and just flicked it right over. That was so gorgeous. Unbelievable. And he hit his wide-open guys. He did. You know, I mean, Baker hasn't done it times this year. You got to execute on those gimmies, and he did. And so he executed on the big plays. But, yeah, I mean, he wasn't wasn't spectacular outside of those. Because if you – they scored 47 points. They did score 47 points. But – a lot of it was off busted stuff that was the Browns doing it to themselves. So Herbert played well. He had a he had a he had a good game. I said he had a I thought he had a fine game, and I feel like I'm on crazy pills because if you if you didn't watch the game, let's say I was a good friend and I went to my friend's wedding early rather than watching this game, I would have watched. You know, I would have caught some clips on Twitter. I would have heard some podcasts, and I'd be coming away from this game thinking, "Oh wow, Justin Herbert must have torn it the fuck up, and Baker Mayfield shat his pants." It just isn't the case. It it's it was, dare I say, Herbert dacked this game. It was about. I mean, he didn't he didn't hurt his team much. He didn't help his team a lot. He got plenty of yards because there was plenty of yards to be given. But I feel like I'm on crazy pills. It's. But I guess enough of us bitching about our bad beats and our beloved Browns. As we sit here, Alex wears a Browns t-shirt with a Browns flag over his head. I think that's it. That's actually pretty light compared to usual. Yeah, I'm, I'm cleaning my Browns water bottle right now, so it's out of the room. One way or another, this is the part where I would usually say it's time for some segments, but because it's been such a crazy week and I just finished traveling and it's already midnight again, let's just talk some football games. Yeah, let's get right into it. I know uh, people have been eagerly waiting this week. We're already getting to them a little late, so we'll just get right into games and uh, talk about week six. With that said, early Sunday morning, we have the Miami Dolphins playing the Jacksonville Jaguars in London. The Jags are plus three. Wait, Alex, why aren't we doing Thursday night football? That's a great question, Joe. Uh, As we said, it is midnight central time. On technically now Friday morning, the Thursday night football game finished up a little bit ago and properly ripped our hearts out. It's a good thing that we didn't record earlier because we would have given you Tampa Bay minus seven and we would have been pretty confident about it. And uh, what a fucking demoralizing beat that was. Holy fuck, the bad beats continue. It's not real. Yeah, that was definitely not what I wanted to start off the week, especially because I felt really good. I got him at minus six and a half after the Eagles scored their first touchdown. So even I felt good on backdoor cover. You got in, we're watching the game. The Bucks have been dominating the whole game. They're clearly ahead. The Philly fans have been booing the Eagles for half the game. They can't do anything. And then they come down with that late drive, score a touchdown, and then go for two. It's not even that. I wanted them to go for two. I don't know why. Oh, because I wanted them to miss so I'd win by one point. <sighs> Either way, the fucking real pisser of the whole thing is that the Bucks took knees at the five. 
literally our bet came down to does Bruce Arians feel like being a dick? It was it was about eight seconds of play time too, because even with Tom taking a couple seconds to take the knees, they had about eight seconds on their fourth down where they would have had to kick the field goal. If one play would have gone out of bounds on that drive, one incomplete pass, something. If Cameron Bray falls down one yard further and it's not third and one, we're mm-hmm. talking about a, a, a lucky win. Yep, but that's uh, that's Thursday night football for you. Luckily, didn't give out didn't give out a loser. So, <laughs> but you know what? We'll put it as a negative on our fucking pod picks, just as a gift to all the haters. Exactly. You know this this week isn't too great to begin with, but we'll it's something that we both bet on would have given out, so we'll count it. With that said, we can go back to that London game. Like I said, it is the Miami Dolphins playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags are plus three. Why do we just always send London the worst fucking games? I've heard that it's because of injury concerns and, like, you don't want to get an actual star hurt, but that's really fucked up. Either way, this game sucks. Absolutely horrible. Tua might come back, I've heard. This is my I don't care face. I don't fucking care at all. Yeah, I just shrugged three times in a row. Yeah, it was great podcasting. Mm Mm-hmm. No, but I... See, these are the nuances you get when we record in person. But I kind of want to take the Jaguars, but I can't bet on the Jaguars. No, I mean, I feel like if anyone knows how to play in London, it's the Jags because they play in London every year. Oh, fuck all that. I'm, I would be surprised if Urban Myers left the country. Well, I'd be surprised if Urban Myers left the hemisphere because I know he goes to lots of like tropical South American places where there are plenty of co-eds whose asses need to be fingered. I'll be fired for that comment in 10 years. But... If you actually get fired for something in 10 years, one, it'd probably be something on this podcast. But if you do, it would be really funny to go back to these clips. If I have a, if I'm employed by a person other than myself in 10 years, I've fucked up. Fair enough. Any who's it's, I don't give two fucks about the whole London experience. It's going to be new for both of these teams. It's going to be different for both of these teams. We're coming off of a year of COVID with no fans, no travel, no nothing. This is just different. And you know what? It just boils down to I think the Jaguars might be a better fucking offense. And they might be better coached on offense. It's just a horrifying right? thing to think about. <laughs> this is the Jacksonville Jaguars that we spent weeks saying bet on them. Or against as, them. Yeah, bet against them they, as much as you can until the numbers are 12. They are literally the reason we invented Gas or Fade. Because I just wanted a place to talk about how fucking incredibly easy it'll be to take money from Vegas by betting against the Jaguars. And that's gone now. Because, hey, remember when all those fucking shitheads who don't understand goddamn anything about football were talking about how Brian Flores is a top 10 coach? Because he, uh, motivates people? What, what did he do here? We don't know exactly. They they have not looked good this year. They look like they've underperformed the talent. Yeah, which is not like their talent wasn't great. It was good, but it wasn't great. And they're they're very much underperforming this year. And just the the whole fact that they picked Tua and relied on him. <laughs> That's it really just, hard to get past. It's just a thing you can't get past either because I mean, and not I know that a lot of people hyped him and thought he was going to be good, but you told me from uh, way back that I don't know how anyone thinks this guy's good because he misses so many throws that should be gimmies, and he has four NFL wide receivers that he's mm-hmm. throwing to. Not NFL receivers. Good NFL receivers. Right. And, so I mean, that was Jalen Waddell, Jerry Judy, Devonta Smith, and Henry Ruggs. He had those four guys to throw to, 
and he was missing them regularly. So, uh, again, people hyped him and a lot thought he would be better, and he was the right pick in front of Herbert. I don't know how people got to that exactly, but it was the thing they did. However, when you make that choice and it busts, as should have been a little evident, it, it sinks you. That's what you get fired over. You pick a guy fifth overall and hit your wagon to him, and it's year two, and he can't stay on the field. When he is on the field, he's bad. We've spoken way too much about terrible Entirely game. too much. We're not betting on this game. I'm not betting on this game. You might bet on the Jags. If I if I hadn't just suffered so many terrible beats that robbed me of all my fucking capital, I might bet on the Jags, but I won't. I mean, on the bright side, you're on plus. You get uh, the plus number here, so you have a better shot against bad beats. But, yeah, it's just not a good game. It's, uh, it's hard to predict when you have two horrible teams playing on the other side of the world. Going into our normal time at our 1 o'clock slate on Sunday, we have the Cincinnati Bengals going to play the Detroit Lions. The Lions are plus 3.5. So the common theme of this week is football. You'll fucking like it, damn it. Because this is another shitty fucking game. Like, the Bengals are going to win. But if they didn't, I wouldn't be shocked, because the Bengals are like right in that sweet spot of below average and frisky bad and good. Yeah, and they're they're a good enough team that they win some games, and they're able to put away bad teams. But they're also a bad enough team that they can implode. They can lose to the Lions. Yeah, I mean, the the game they played against the Bears, and the Bears are better than the Lions, but Burrow was horrible. The team was not good. And the Bears are not a good team. They're average. Yeah. They're in the same realm as the, as the Bengals, but... Even that game wasn't actually that close. Speaking of teams that are in the same realm as the Bengals, you may recall Week 1's debacle of bullshit where different variations of Kirk Cousins faced off in Minnesota. Man, the fucking Vikings just should have lost to the Lions. And the Vikings, as proven by that Week 1 game, are a better version of the Bengals. I mean, the Vikings lost, but it was bullshit. Yeah, I I definitely could see... and. I was talking to one of my friends that's a Bengals fan. I'm like, oh, you should feel pretty good you know, playing the Lions. And he went, I don't know. I could see the football gods rewarding Dan Campbell for the, the obstacles he's had to go through and just the crushing losses between Baltimore and now past week that he's had to endure. They got him crying on the in the presser for his guys. They might throw him one. And it's definitely, you know, the, the Bengals, as we talked about here, they're not a great team and they're – set up that the the Lions could could take this one from them, just like they almost took the one from the Vikings last week. Before we go too long on another shitty game, I think all this just means we stay away. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably not going to bet on this game. I would lean Cincinnati, but I don't like betting on them. So with that, we can go into the next game. The Green Bay Packers going to play the Chicago Bears. The Bears are plus five and a half. Insert audible whimper here. All right, so... Is there any reason we shouldn't bet on the Packers? I think the only reason you don't bet on the Packers is you're scared about the the number being five and a half in your division game, which even with talent disparities, it's a lot of division games end up being close for whatever reason. And the Bears do have guys that can bring pressure, although the Packers line has actually been pretty good even with some of these replacement guys in. And you should get, it's 
Elton Elgin, I don't know how to say his first name, Elgin Jenkins, who was kind of surprised out last week. They thought they were going to get him back. So I have to imagine he's playing this week. But the line's going to get better and hasn't been that bad. So I think they should be able to handle the pressure pretty well. And you have so many weapons on that offense that Rodgers should be able to get it out. And they're familiar with the defense, a lot of those guys. They'll, they'll know how to scheme up against them. And the Packers are just a better team. Rodgers has not been good lately, but he doesn't really have to be. He only needs a couple of those bright spots where he makes a throw that's like, oh, fuck, that's ideal. And he does like two or three of those a game anyways, and that's all it's going to take. I think the Packers are probably a touchdown favorite over a Justin Fields-led Bears team, so I think there is some value here for Green Bay. The line is a bad number, and honestly, all the values on Green Bay here, I, I kind of want to bet it. I, I'm... I kind of agree with you, and it's it's not a great number. But you're right, it should probably be higher. So even though it's not a good number, if we would take it at 6.5, we should take it at 5.5. And, and it saves us from some garbage like what happened earlier with a, a two-point conversion that goes and puts it at 6. Did you really just rationalize a way to think of 5.5 as a live number? I'm saying that in this situation, <laughs> it's not that bad. Ladies and gentlemen, this is how trauma happens. I am a Browns fan. It is ingrained in me. I've had decades of football-related trauma that I have to try. Well, let's let's put this on the back burner as a maybe and see if we can find any other interesting games. Yeah. I think it'll probably end up on there just because I don't think we're going to get too many other ones we like. But we'll see. We can move on to the next game. The Houston Texans going to play at the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are minus 10. You may be right. We might not find another fucking actionable game. Um, you guys are all really fucking lucky that we didn't do Fuck You Pay Me because uh, the Davis Mills hype train is back on the tracks. No, like, for, but for real, he actually looked legitimately good. Not, like, good for a rookie, not, like, good for Davis Mills, but, like, he looked like a good quarterback. He looked like a B to B-plus quarterback in a football game against Bill Belichick, who's supposed to be, uh, what do you delusional people call it? decent at coaching yeah no he's not that but anyhow especially against rookies everyone always talks about bill belichick against rookie quarterbacks he eats him alive mr int zach wilson had what four picks in the game against him yeah and two of them were actually earned by the patriots still and davis Mills, yeah he had, a, he had a really good game i mean it fell apart at the end but he he put up what 23 26 20 Three, and then they started doing weird shit like punting with their kicker. Yeah, we do have to remember he is still on the Houston Texans that are actively tanking this year. I mean, actually, maybe they're probably not actively tanking, but <laughs> they actively tanked when they hired a bad wide receivers coach to be a head coach, and then asked him to make decisions like, "What are you going to wear today?" <laughs> or even more ludicrous decisions like, "Should should we use our punter to punt this ball?" David Culley loves punting so much that he not only goes out of his way to punt when he shouldn't, but he also has invented new ways of punting just to keep it fresh in the bedroom. He's just like, you know what? I think this guy would be a pretty cool punter, and that's my favorite position. We're just going to make everyone punt. I was going to make a joke, but I don't want to get fired in 10 years. So I'm just going to leave it at David Culley really fucking sucks, man. You've been making a lot of the 10 years joke. You're setting yourself up. You're just leaving breadcrumbs. Oh, I want him to hear this. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> no, I... The value here is on Houston. Indianapolis will move the ball, but Indianapolis' defense sucks. Houston's defense is actually okay. Also, the quarterbacks are just as unpredictable with similar calibers. Now, 
Carson Wentz is better. Do not get me wrong. Carson Wentz today is a significantly better quarterback than Davis Mills, but both of them are capable of looking like shit. Both of them are capable of looking legitimately good. I I don't want to touch this game. If the Colts lose this game, though, or if it's even close, I think it's time to just realize that the Colts are done for the year. I think that would be a dream crusher for them. This could be a dream crusher for them right here, though. If, yeah. you're, if you're a fucking Indianapolis Colt, how do you give a fuck about this game against the Texans of all teams after blowing that game versus Baltimore? I think you you purely care about it because it's an in division game against the the basement team in your division, and nobody wants to lose that game. So whether it's out of actually caring and being hyped up for a win, or just because they don't want to lose to the fucking Texans. But either way, I I don't think the the kind of crushing loss that last week will hang over too much just because it is a division. With that said, I don't really think the Colts are special. I agree with you. Their defense is horrible. Wentz is unpredictable. I mean, he looked pretty good last week. I've actually thought that Wentz was pretty decent all year. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> he's doing solid, but they're they're still not good enough. Their weapons aren't great, and the defense is so bad that I don't like them. And 10 is way too big of a number for a team I don't like. I'm not betting on the Texans, though, because it's David Collier and a team that is set up to be bad. Yeah, if you're uh if you're a ballsy motherfucker trying to look for an extra bet, I endorse you betting the Texans, but I am not going to bet the Texans and I don't think I'm going to make it a pod pick. We are not going to make it a pod pick. Next game. All right, we can go ahead and jump on into the Kansas City Chiefs playing the Washington football team. Washington is plus 7. I actually think I like this game. I think there's an angle here on the Chiefs because everybody's really low on them and rightfully so. Patrick Mahomes has been an How do I say this? An explosive but slightly above average quarterback like he has not been a good quarterback this year he's been a step below that but he is explosive he still has andy reed travis kelsey and tyree kill so they're gonna score and here's the real key here's the handicap first of all on bovada we can get minus six and a half at minus 115 odds that's that's a fair bet so go go ahead and get that if you're gonna make this bet But the reason that you're going to make this bet if you're going to make this bet is because Washington's defense is Swiss cheese. Their secondary is terrible. And to the extent that it is even remotely to the extent that it even remotely resembles something competent, it is built to stop big possession receivers and the Chiefs don't play that shit. They have nothing to stop Kelsey because their safeties are linebackers. Their corners, first of all, Benjamin St. Juice is still starting for them. Benjamin St. Just is 6'4", and he was drafted specifically because 6'4", right? And then he got mossed by a dude who's 5'10", on a Hail Mary to end the first half last week. Because I'm swearing to God, I don't think he got four inches off the ground. You're a 6'4", corner who can't cover, can't run, and can't tackle. And you were drafted in the third round because humans don't deserve to breathe. But if you're going to get mossed on a jump ball by a dude who's 5'10", how do you have the gall to come into practice on Tuesday? I don't know, man, but you're you're right. Their their defense is terrible. That guy has been awful. I, I haven't watched much of the football team this year. No, you're I've, lucky. I've watched, you know, quarter here, quarter there, highlights. So, not you know, an expert on them, but pretty much every time I watch them, I'm like, wow, that corner just got cooked. And then you're like, oh. Same dude, and it's always St. Juice. Well, here's the fun thing, is that on the other side, they're not a ton better. Because they stick Kendall Fuller, who's a legitimately good corner, they stick him in the slot. And, like, exclusively. They don't play him outside. If it's a two-wide receiver set, he might not be on the field. Which is some galaxy brain-level shit. But here's the real fucking kicker. 
I think, is it William Jackson that's their other corner? Yeah, and it's not. William Jackson has disappointed me, and I never thought he was special, but like I thought he could be competent. Turns out, as a number one corner, it is not that way. But this is this is the big thing. This is where the matchup becomes even juicier. Like that 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 first analysis of bad corners versus Mahomes and company is like you get that anywhere. This is the shit you're only gonna get here. Those who are trendy and savvy with the memes on Twitter are aware that Patrick Mahomes is struggling mightily with too high coverage. So. This is cover two man, this is cover two zone. This is anytime there are two safeties who drop deep over the top to protect you from the deep shots, and everything else is basically manned up or at least matched in a cover two zone. This is all fancy jargon for saying, Patrick Mahomes doesn't know what the fuck to do when you actually cover his receivers and have help over the top. So the Redskins have no fucking corners, which is not good, but you know what makes it worse? Their safeties can't fucking cover. They don't have the athleticism to range to actually play cover two. They play a lot of cover two, but it's not going to fucking help. Okay, Alex, you're worried that there are injuries to the Chiefs? I just think it's a thing that we should mention and take into account that Tyreek Hill hasn't practiced this week. Joe Tooney hasn't practiced this week. Chris Jones hasn't practiced this week. Trevor Ward hasn't practiced this week. I don't think it's too much of a difference maker, but I do think it should be taken into consideration. I don't think the Kansas City offense is going to have much trouble. There might be a couple plays, but with Mahomes being more turnover-prone this year, he might give up something bad. I don't think it really changes the bet, but at least it's something to consider. Do you think Tyreek Hill plays? I think he probably does, but I also, you know, I'm not too uh, familiar enough to confidently say, yeah, I think he does. Upon further review, it looks like Tyreek Hill might not play. He's questionable. He's questionable. Hasn't practiced this week. They said they're going to see on Friday's practice, and kind of go from there. So that's not great. I love that we're fucking recording two and a half, three days later than usual, and we still can't get fucking injury updates right. Honestly, this is probably better, though, because if this was Tuesday, we would have already been on the Chiefs. And so this way we at least know, like, maybe we don't. Okay, well, what do we do? Do we make a contingency bet and really fucking put the onus on our listeners? on this week of all weeks when we put out a late fucking pod? Or do we just bite the bullet and make the bet? I think we just bite the bullet and make the bet. Let's make the fucking bet. You know what? If Tyreek Hill doesn't play, they got Miko Hardman and Josh fucking Gordon. Mm-hmm. They got Pringle? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't Yeah, he, he had some nice catches last week. Chiefs minus seven. Fuck it. Go for it. I mean, the matchup is actually too perfect. The one thing that Mahomes can't handle is the thing that the football team cannot do. Good job. Proud of you, Joe. Yeah. Yeah, I think the matchup's really good. Obviously, you know, you have Terry McLaurin that can take the top off and potentially burn you like the Chiefs have been. The Chiefs are going to let up points. They are, obviously. And you you just hope that you don't have any back-breaking ones from McLaurin. But I expect to see Daniel Sorensen 10 yards behind McLaurin at least once or twice. Yeah, let, let McLaurin get his. The fact of the matter is... One of these quarterbacks is going to turn the ball over a couple times, and it's probably not going to be Mahomes against a terrible defense. And frankly, I actually think the Chiefs might get more pressure on Heineke than the um, football team will get against Mahomes. Because Chase Young has been very disappointing, which Loki I kind of expected because last year he got a lot of hype for a little bit of work. I, I thought he was going to be really good. I mean, I thought he was going to be amazing coming out of the draft, but then last year everybody's talking about him like he's already arrived and is already an A-plus pass rusher, and it was like, he's solid, he's good, but this is a little fast. 
Yeah, and I think them having no one that can cover has hurt them because yeah, that's true. they have to get to the quarterback in under two seconds, otherwise the ball's out. But, yeah, I mean, he's not in that Miles Garrett, TJ Watt caliber yet. Like, he, you know, people were starting to talk about him like he was about to be in there. He's not even in the, the Bosa range yet. He's going to be really good, but, yeah, he, he's been a little disappointing. Their whole D-line hasn't been great, but I think it does go to the coverage side. Either way, the Chiefs, they're, they're the, the right matchup. We can get a solid number. Like I said, I'm going to go down to 6.5 because you can you should be able to get it at minus 115, which is still a good number for me. But even at 7, I feel good about it. And with that said, we can go into the next game. This one should be a fun one. The Los Angeles Chargers going to play the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are minus 2.5. Oh, shit, this line is slipping. This is where we really hurt for not recording on Tuesday. I got down on Chargers plus 3.5. I did, and I love it. I actually have a unit on plus three and a half. I have a unit on the money line. So this is the best bet for me. It's goddamn unfair that I have to bet it at two and a half for the pod pick, but I'll do it because they're going to win outright. Yeah, I, I like the Chargers in this game as well. I'm going to – they're not my best bet, but they're my number two for the week. Obviously, I would have loved to have gotten them at three and a half. I still think two and a half is a good number. I would expect them to win. You're getting points with the better team. Exactly. I mean, Baltimore, and we've talked about this a lot, that Baltimore has, you know, won their 4-1, and and their only loss was that OT game against the Raiders that they probably should have won. They should have won that fucking game. Now, granted, they probably should have lost some of these other games here, but... But let's do it. The, Let, let's go through it. Because right before we recorded, you were saying how Lamar is probably playing his best football ever, and that's kind of scary. Yeah, he's – because he's still an elite runner. There, He hasn't slowed down at all. It's not like he's lost any of that. He's still not incredible at throwing the deep ball. He'll hit him, but he's not lethal. But he is hitting everything in the short game. They're not asking him to throw much beyond 10 yards, but he's completing everything in 10 yards. And that's always been the issue is he couldn't complete the gimme passes even. So now that he can complete the gimme passes – he teams can't just huddle up on him and play contain. They've actually got to cover in the underneath. Otherwise, you know, people are going to grab it and run on him. So he's playing great, and he has that offense going. But even with him playing great, we can go through each of these games, but it's been a lot of really hard, close games. So I will admit that I have not charted Lamar's game from week five because I watched it on my phone in a car driving from O'Hare Airport to the middle of nowhere. But I was struck by the fact that it seems, theoretically, Lamar is having a an easy time of some of these yards, which one might expect against a secondary as terrible as the Colts. I mean, there, we, we talk about a lot of really bad secondaries lately. You know, the Bucks because of injury and the Colts because they're terrible. The, the football, red, the Redskins because they suck. And they did stupid shit like draft Benjamin St. Juiced. But, I mean, it's hard to not complete lots of dink and dunk passes against really bad corners, especially when they're playing off coverage, especially when they have a big fucking lead and they don't really care if you complete lots of dinks and dunks. And you go to the week before. Who did they play? Denver. Denver is much better on defense. But they got so... I think they got 14 possessions because Drew Locke came in for the second half and was terrible. Yeah, and also 
like half of Denver's team was hurt either going into the game or by the start of the second half. They were missing their second corner, and Kyle Fuller was playing hurt. So, again, easier to make these plays. Also, Hollywood Brown fucking stole an incompletion from God with an amazing diving catch for a touchdown. That inflates Lamar's stats a little bit, I would say. So, it's not like Lamar is tearing it up against great teams. But for the week before that, was that the Lions? Yeah, where they needed a record field goal to win on the last second of the game. To finish with, what, 18 points, 19 points? Yeah, they got 19 points, and people say, oh, but Hollywood Brown had drops. I understand. Let's say he catches both passes, makes both touchdowns. Man, that means the Lions held the Ravens to, on a perfect day, about 30 points. Like, that's still not something to write home about. Yeah, and you know, they. this is my argument for why I don't think they're exactly as high as people are looking at them. And it's because they've had all these really close games. They've gone into overtime in two of them. They've gone into at least the final two minutes of the game in the other three where they had to play to the final whistle every single time and beyond that in two games. On top of all the injuries they've already had, and Lamar is everything on their offense right now because their running backs aren't doing anything. He is everything. And he's handling the load well. He's able to take it. But they're requiring perfect, really good games from him to barely beat all these teams at the end of games. And it's impressive that they've won, but I have a hard time thinking that that's going to keep up and it's not going to wear on the team as the season goes on. You know, we've we've had five games. We have 12 more. They can't keep playing like this. They're going to get hurt. They're going to lose it a little bit. Because if they don't play really high-level football, they lose any of these games. Yeah. So maybe they keep playing that high-level football. But I would guess that it's going to regress rather than stay at this level just because I don't think it can stay at that level. So whether you agree with Alex that Lamar is actually playing really, really well and executing like crazy and they're still struggling to win games they should be dominating or you agree with me that lamar's performances are a little bit inflated by just really inferior competition that they can't keep on facing both of these beliefs lead you to the same conclusion which is we should be looking to bet against the ravens and while the chargers are getting way too much fucking love brandon staley is being lauded for every shit he takes we've got a really good team Meh, a, a good team verging on really good, playing against a team that is not very good, and getting either really lucky or playing out of their minds. That's why it's my best bet. Aside from the fact that if I think any defensive coordinator is going to figure out how to stifle Lamar easily, it's going to be Brandon Staley. And a lot of those guys that are, that are on the Chargers have played Lamar really well. Because one team that's always been able to play Lamar well, maintain those rush lanes, contain him, has always been the Chargers. Now, because Lamar can hit some of those passes that he hasn't in past years, that might stress him out a little bit more, and it, it you know could cause problems for him. But they have guys that have experience shutting him down. They and have then, a secondary. And then this when is you... the f- this is the first time they've played a real secondary in a month. The Lions are not a real secondary. The Colts are not a real secondary. The Broncos are a real secondary, and they didn't do too well. And they were banged up like fuck. They're playing a healthy, average secondary. Instead of a limping Kyle Fuller with a rookie corner on the other end in Sertain. Yeah, I mean, I 
the Ravens are definitely going to score points because the Chargers have a bad run defense. And although the Ravens are really only generating the run offense through Lamar, it's still not a good setup for him. And Lamar is explosive enough, even if he's getting shut down to an extent, he will go and bust some plays off. It's incredibly frustrating because it seems like he shouldn't sometimes, but he will. It's going to he happen. He just does. But the Chargers are going to score like crazy. That Baltimore defense is not is not there this year with, with how hurt they are in the second. Well, how hurt they are all over the team. But in the secondary especially, that it's Marlon Humphrey and then not much in coverage. So teams have just been throwing at anyone that isn't Marlon Humphrey, and it's working. I mean, the, even the Colts were putting up crazy points with or, you know, a good a good chunk of points with an offense that hasn't been that great this year. So I I think the, the matchup difference is that while the Ravens will score, the Chargers are really going to score. Yeah, I think we've said everything we could say about this game. Definitely. We can move on to the next one. Los Angeles Rams going to play the New York Giants. The Giants are plus nine and a half. This is a great leg, but it's just too big a number. Yep. The, I mean, the, the Giants are super beat up right now on top of being a bad team with a bad coach. The Rams are one of the best teams in the league, if not the best. They're healthy. They're playing well. The Rams should absolutely wipe the floor with them, but that's a really big number. The Rams can pick their score in this game, but in the NFL, teams always pick one point. Exactly, and it, it just with how much we've been beat by some of these bad covers, too. I'm good with staying away from the 9.5-point game. I have the Rams minus 1.5 as a leg in a parlay, but that's... Yeah, I think that's as far as they'll get for me, too, throwing them in money line parlays or, you know, super tease down ones. Next game? Yeah, let's go to the next one. So we have the Minnesota Vikings going to play the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers are plus two. That is a juicy game. That is an actionable game. <sighs> See, the problem is these teams are so similar. They are, and also we don't know if McCaffrey's going to play. I don't much actually care if he plays. Really? Why's that? Shuba Hubbard has been really impressive, and he's not quite the same threat in the passing game, but I don't want Sam Darnold throwing more right now anyway. Fair enough. It I tur- mean, I think McCaffrey, one, the passing game is huge, and two, I think it's just the, the mental side of it. Of if you have McCaffrey in, the defense has to key on him. You're going to get other guys more open, and it's just a boost to your team where yeah. you're like, all right, we got him out here. If we need a play, like, we have our guy. So I think it's it's a moral, mental boost as much as the actual play. But, yeah, these teams are really similar. It's just some good playmakers with iffy quarterbacks and lines with defenses that have some juice. I think Carolina's got a better defense. Yeah, I agree. And I think Carolina's got better coaching. But I think they've got a somewhat worse quarterback, maybe slightly. Yeah, I think one that's definitely more prone to really fucking up the game. Like Kirk Cousins has his late game classics that we laugh at. But for the most part, he's a smart, safe quarterback. Whereas Darnold, I mean, he threw three picks last week against the Eagles. Like, it, this is just what Darnold is, where he's going to have those games where he's just terrible. There's value here on Carolina. I just don't think I can take it. Yeah, I like him as well. I mean, they're, they're at home getting their points against a team that I don't think is that special. I think, I think they're the same caliber. Yeah, I mean, Minnesota, their offense is good. Justin Jefferson says he's playing, but he hasn't practiced this week. So even if he plays, he's going to be hobbled. I agree with you. Carolina's got, got value in it. It's probably going to get kicked down where I might 
you know, it tease him another point or something and throw him in flag stuff. But, you know, I might tie him up with the Rams, tease him, do money line with the Rams and get something. But I'm probably not betting on Travis Herder. Let's make it a maybe and see what we get. All right, now going into the middle slate. The first game we have is the Arizona Cardinals going to play the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are minus three and a half. Three and a half now. Well, that's another line that's moved like fucking crazy. Um, There was a lot of value on the Browns at minus two and a half, and I didn't want to take it because it was scary. But then I thought about it, and the Cardinals are kind of a massive fucking fraud. And the Browns are coming off of a game where they exclusively lost because they were cowards. And I don't think that'll happen two straight weeks. Three and a half is rough, but I do understand that the Cardinals are missing most of their football players due to COVID. I know Chandler Jones is out. Ronnie Hudson's out not for COVID, but he's out because of his ribs, I believe. Either way, those two are definitely out. I know they had two other positive tests, but I I didn't see who it was. I just recall it being substantial. Also, Kyler Murray is limited and banged up, and we know what happens to Kyler Murray when he's banged up. Yeah, I... Honestly, at the beginning of the week, I was actually leaning Cardinals just because the Browns' defense, I don't see them magically fixing these communication errors and them just disappearing overnight because they've been happening. Just last week, they got exposed, especially because Clowney was out and they weren't getting the same pressure. You played a, a good quarterback with some good weapons, too. But they've been they they haven't been great this year uh, in the secondary and if the Cardinals can do anything it's throw deep so I worry about them getting busted plays that just suck the life out of the Browns like last week did a little bit because honestly I think the Cardinals and the Chargers are pretty similar in a lot of ways the the Chargers have a better defense but in terms of they can't really stop the run they've got a couple players on defense that you have to account for whether it's the pass rushers in Bosa and then on the other side JJ Watt and Chandler Jones or a safety in Derwin Williams or Buda Baker the corners are all right Byron Murphy's been playing great for the Cardinals but he's banged up and overall the Cardinals don't have a good secondary but other than that they have a high-powered offense with an exciting quarterback that can extend plays and kill you on plays that you should have already shut down. They're big deep ball teams. Even if they both dink and dunk and use a lot of screens down the way, they throw a lot of deep balls. So I think the the Cardinals and the Chargers are pretty similar. I think the injuries do come in. And not having Chandler Jones is huge. Not having Rodney Hudson is huge. But the Browns might not have some people as well. We can only have so many fucking maybes. This is so tough. Um, At three and a half, I can't give out Browns, though. Yeah, that's a that's a really bad number for a game that I expect will will probably be pretty similar to the Chargers Browns game last week. I think it's going to be a high scoring affair that comes down to a last possession or last couple possessions, and it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a great game, and there'll be a lot of live betting opportunities. If there's any number you like on either side, it's probably going to be available in the first half. Definitely, but it's really hard to to pick right now because the Browns. We look at their injuries. Neither Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt have practiced this week. Uh, Jack Conklin and Jedrick Wills did not practice today. And Jedrick Wills was limited the day before, so that does not bode well for him. And then you have J.C. Chatter that hasn't practiced this week either. That guy's an Iron Man that plays every week, so I'm not too worried there. 
but you have potentially three alignment out and both of your running backs. I expect the guys, at least, I think the running backs will play. Who knows? So th- those are some big concerns over there, too, that I don't want to bet on this game until I hear who's playing. And I know that sucks to do on the podcast. It's a shitty week. It, it really is. It's a lot of big numbers or teams that we're not going to know what we like until we see things that are going to come out on Saturday and Sunday. How many more games we got here? Mm. Okay. Well, hopefully this is our last maybe. Let's move on see what we got. All right. After that, we have the Dallas Cowboys going to play the New England Patriots. The Patriots are plus three and a half. Fuck yes. Yep. This one, I said uh, the Chargers are my second favorite bet, and it is because the Cowboys this week is my favorite bet. Yeah, I can't disagree there. This bet is fucking... This is a night... I'm I'm happy about this line. I, as soon as I was looking through, largely disappointed because most of the games I didn't like the lines on, and then I got to the end and I saw the Cowboys, and I immediately wrote down, how were they three and a half? This is... Okay, the Chargers are my best bet. I'm probably going to put just as much money on this game as the Chargers. I... The Cowboys are a good team, and the Patriots are a really bad team. Okay, so breaking news, Alex just bet on the Cowboys right now. He did it. I saw. And we, we did two units. My uh, I, I thought that listening to our best bet from last week with the Rams pitted at two units worked out well. I'm going to ride that. Additionally, just thinking that the Cowboys are much better. And this the... is not even fucking close. <clears throat> Mac Jones is a terrible... No, Mac Jones is a bad quarterback. Not terrible. He's just bad. You know, he, he, he is incapable of doing anything that transcends anything. Except, of course, throwing picks and taking sacks because he can't handle pressure at all. He's not particularly accurate. His arm is not particularly attached to his shoulder, evidently. He can't throw. There's no discernible arm talent in this man. And the Patriots are not a very good defense. In fact, they're a slightly below average defense, probably. And before anybody says, But they held Tampa Bay to 19. First, fuck yourself. Second, please bet on football games. And third, get sterilized. Because that is stupid. You watched that game, there were eight fucking drops. In the rain. In the rain. And, like, what, four of the drops were certain touchdowns? Mm Mm-hmm. Mac Jones had a pick six dropped. Like, and let us not forget that New England barely beat and needed a great second half comeback against the Texans last week. Where Mac Jones was soundly, entirely, comprehensively, uniformly outplayed by Davis Mills, who some podcast listeners have deemed the worst quarterback they've ever seen, which really upset me on a personal level because I felt like it was a dig. Yeah, so I New England is not a good team. They're a bad team. I don't I don't know why anyone Do you know why? Because Bill Belichick. The genius isn't gonna get owned two weeks in a row, even though he's been owned all of the weeks that have happened. Yeah, and I just don't understand why it would be against the Cowboys that they suddenly figure it out and turn it on because the Cowboys have been great this year. You know what the Cowboys are especially good at? Stopping the run. Do you know what the Patriots need to do because nothing else functions? Run. Here's another fun fact, uh, courtesy of my buddy Bryson. Shout out to Bryson. Dak Prescott, he's a stat patter. He is uh, he's a product of scheme, but he's a solid quarterback who's very smart. Dak Prescott is at his very best 
playing against single high man coverage. You know, just those halos, real simple stock defense. And the Patriots run more single high halo coverage than any other team. So this is playing to Dak's wheelhouse, enabling Kellen Moore to be a mad scientist, getting away with what he is best at exploiting. And we're only laying three and a half points. Exactly. I think Dallas should be able to score at will. They have so many weapons. Dak is playing incredibly smart. Kellen Moore is calling perfect plays. They're just incredibly in sync right now. Different people are scoring, getting yards for that offense. They're versatile. And the defense has been solid. You know, Trevin Diggs has been picking off everything somehow. I don't expect it's, that to maintain. It's a lot but, of luck. But you know who? You know who's easy to pick off? Mac Jones. Exactly. So I think Dallas's defense. You know, they're they're a little fluky right now with some of the turnovers they're getting. But they're a solid D. And when you're playing the Patriots offense, a solid D is going to look really good. So I expect Dallas is better in every phase here. They should really beat up on the Patriots. Well, so classic Bill Belichick, because he's so predictable and simple, you know when he plays a team he thinks is better than him, he will just try to play ball control, run the ball, burn clock, and try to limit the amount of possessions that each team has, thereby increasing variance, right? What he did against Tampa, except instead of running the ball, they threw three to five yard hitches, curls, and flats. But this is the real problem. I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball because they won't be able to run, period. The Cowboys are going to stand Micah Parsons back up at linebacker. They're going to play Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory on the edges. That's a good defensive line. They're then going to have three really good run-stuffing linebackers. They have safeties who can hit. They have large corners. I mean, it doesn't really matter. The Patriots just aren't going to be able to run the ball. It's just not going to happen. And the Patriots' passing attack is not good enough or competent enough to slowly matriculate the ball down the field and churn clock. In order to churn clock, you have to call conservative plays. If you call conservative plays when you can't move the ball, you're doing the opposite of churning clock. You are getting boat raced. So, I don't know. What more do we need to say? We've got the way better team. This is the Rams bet from last week. we got yeah. the way better team with feel, a decent matchup. I feel better about this than I do the Rams bet, even. I think I do, too, and honestly, I think I'm going to put three units on this. Uh, yeah, I might bet more on the Cowboys as, as I go through and see what things look out, but I mean, I already put two on it, and that's a no-brainer for me. Should should we do the unprecedented, this is a three-unit bet on the pod picks, and then the Chargers are a two-unit? We can play with that idea. Okay. Let, let's I let's mean, finish the game. Because it is a slow week. It is a slow week. So let's let's finish the games, but yeah, I don't I don't hate that idea. Alright, what's up next? Alright, next we have the Las Vegas Raiders going to play the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are minus three and a half. Uh did I email you my take on this game? I I think you definitely should not email me your take on this game. You shouldn't email me anything ever. That's actually a great point. Um as lawyers, we know some things. We actually don't. But one thing I do know because I'm a lawyer is don't fucking email anybody anything ever. Unless you want it to be brought up in court. If you're, like, trying to get a contract done or, like, you want a payment for something, yeah, go ahead and email it. Sure. Otherwise, think of an email as a court document that you are filing yourself. Don't email people. And probably don't call people the F word. Yeah, just generally also stay away from all of the things that John Gruden did. And if you're going to call somebody, if you're going to say that somebody has tires for lips because they lie, be clearer about that. Because otherwise it's going to sound like, what it sounds like. You're pretty fucking racist. Also, I've never heard that, but we can we can move. I've never heard of that expression of rubber lips meaning lying, but we can move on. Yeah. The the bad man is gone. Yeah. 
Well, here's the problem with the bad man being gone. The bad man called all your fucking plays. And the, the bad, bad man... man <laughs> the bad man was a good play caller. The bad man was a really good offensive coach. And you know who they have now running their offense? Greg Olson. That's not good. Greg Olson has been on a lot of teams, and he has been bad with all of them. Because you know what Greg Olson likes to do? Not pass. And you know who their head coach is? A retread special teams coach who cried at the opportunity today, so you know he's not ready. <laughs> okay, so that's, like, incredibly wholesome and heartwarming that, like, this man has reached his goal. But also, yeah, it doesn't bode well of the guy that's now going to be, like, in these crazy emotionally charged situations. And this might be, you know, me just reading way too much into things, but, yeah, it doesn't inspire confidence. Typically, when I get things I know I deserve and am ready for, I don't cry. Yeah, it, I don't know. It might be, you know, macho football, whatever. That's just, like, the vibe you needed to fit into. But it just, I don't know. It Bro, doesn't fuck all that. You don't react in that positive of a way when you get something you believe that you are ready for or deserve. I mean, I like, I see people that cry over, you know, like, they've been working for this their whole life, and they've finally gotten there, and, like... But he didn't! I mean, he's been a coach for a really long time, right? Yeah, but he didn't get there. Yeah, Technically, he did. He got shoved over there because, oh, fuck. Fair enough. Either way, their their coaching on the field has taken a significant step down. Yes. And the, normally teams, I was playing with this idea of normally teams have a great showing after they fire their coach. And the Raiders very well might be like, yeah, let's show him. You know, we're pissed about the comments he made. And we're glad he's gone. A lot of the guys, it seemed like they kind of quit on him last week. So I could see them coming out energized. But also, this wasn't a bad coach that was holding the team back, that guys have been hating for six weeks now, that it's festered and they've been slowly declining in play. They've been playing pretty well with a really good coach. So if anything, now they have all the structure gone. And any emotional boost they might get would is going to be pretty heavily negated by the the X's and O's know-how that Gruden would have provided. But then on the other hand, we have a Broncos team that's a shell of itself. They just don't. They look lost right now. It's like they, they hit their injuries and then played not bottom five teams. And it they look like a deer in the headlights. Teddy looks kind of conservative, scared again. With the injuries, they don't have all the weapons and options for them, and obviously the defense is banged up and can't carry the entire thing. Yeah, there's a lot of quarterbacks out there who are turning back into pumpkins after a hot start, and Teddy seems to be one of them. Uh, that's not like a shocker. I mean, we should have seen that one coming. Yeah, I feel like we this, this is just a thing that happens with him. He's always going to go back to the conservative checkdown guy. Yeah, that's who he is. And when you don't have Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler and Cortland Sutton running your checkdowns out, it's not as effective. So I get it. What's the line here? Three and a half. Broncos? You're getting a field goal and a half with a team that's probably better. I can bet Broncos. I can. But I don't want to do it because I've bet them the last two weeks and they fucked me because they're not right. Yeah, I. the only reason I would bet on the Broncos is because I'm expecting the Raiders' offense to completely crumble Same. without Gruden. I feel like that's going to happen, Yeah. but I don't feel comfortable placing my entire bet on the premise that the play caller is gone and now everyone's going to 
run around like a chicken with their head cut off. Because they've been a really effective offense. The offense has been installed. The play calls are going to be different. Play calls are going to be different. But the guys know what routes they're running, and you have to But the distribution's going to be different. They're going to run the ball. they got a special teams coach from fucking Brooklyn running shit, and they got a coach who is known and has been chased out of teams for running the ball too much, calling the plays. So, like, the head coach is going to say, I think we should establish the run, and the offensive coordinator is going to say, say no more, I've got just the dive. (laughs) And they're going to do that all fucking game, and it's going to be Josh Jacobs who's mids into a front that is built to stop the run. Yeah, I mean, I I like Denver. I don't like that I like Denver, but I kind of do. I know. It feels bad. They they feel like they're beginning to fall into Texans ter- or Titans territory for me. Yep. And the Titans are starting to crawl out of it. Exactly. It's we we every year we have a team. It used to be the Falcons, then it was the Titans, and now it might be the Broncos. But I'm just you know, I don't want to miss out on the week where people realize that the Raiders are now going to be a below-average team because... And people undervalue Gruden's value. That's redundant as shit. Let me try it again. People underestimate Gruden's value as a coach. People always talk shit about how he's like a dinosaur and the game's passed him by. But he's every bit the play caller that a Kevin Stefanski is. Maybe about as good as a Sean McVay is. He's he's really up there. I mean, he Derek Carr is, what, second in the league for yards? First in the league for yards? I'm not the one to ask, but that is absurd. Yeah, and yards are a cheap stat. It doesn't mean all that much, but that's still crazy impressive, and I don't think that's a product of Derek Carr suddenly regaining all the ability he had for those 14 weeks in whatever year it was 2015 or 16 we were in college i know that yeah whenever that was that it was you know half a decade ago now i don't think he's suddenly regaining that there was not some click in his brain that now he's just chucking the ball downfield he's gotten a little lucky this year and i think it's more that gruden is settling had started to settle into the nfl and really figure out what's working again doesn't that suck and but hey, when you're when you're a closeted terrible person, sometimes these things come out and you got to deal with it. So short, long story short, if you're gonna say things that you wouldn't say in front of your mother, definitely don't email them. But definitely, definitely don't email them to a guy's work email. And definitely, definitely, definitely don't email them to a guy's work email for an employer that you intend to work for soon. There were a lot of mistakes made, and just in general, I'm so interested to see what happens with that okay low-key i think one of the bigger mistakes made was the nfl just opening this can of worms and being like oh yeah we're gonna strategically leak emails from this vat of sixty-five thousand emails that we're admitting we have and everybody will just be so incredibly upset about john gruden talking about the sucking of penises that that um nobody will ask what else was in there wrong which, which is bad for us if they see it because pretty much all I've seen on the internet is, what else is in those? Like, what did they not tell us about? Yeah. Like, they they just drew attention to this. And, I mean, on one hand, I think, you know, if you can start getting people out that are like this, then it's good. But it, You're not going to have a lot of coaches left if you get rid of everybody who called somebody a homophobic slur 10 years ago. You, you, you might have a point there. But regardless, I like the Broncos. If we put them in, they would be towards the bottom, just because yeah. I, I, 
it's Teddy Bridgewater and the beat up team. But I do expect the Raiders to have a a bit of a fall after uh, losing. I Green. really do too. Okay, well, uh, what do we have left? Going into the Sunday night football game, the Seattle Seahawks go to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. I actually have an angle. I kind of like Seattle. Me too. The Steelers are minus five. Yeah, I'm getting five points with a team that also sucks, but Russell Wilson is very... Dude, he's like, he's bad because he's amazing at one thing, but everybody takes it away so easy. You know what I'm saying? Like, and Geno Smith is the opposite. Geno Smith will take those little plays all fucking day. And I kind of think that's beneficial, especially against a fierce pass rush like Pittsburgh has. Get that ball out quick. Yeah, I mean, I worry a little bit about just, like, how Seattle's team is set up, that they're not really set up for the quick game. I wouldn't mind getting Tyler Lockett the ball in space. Yeah, me either, but for whatever reason, I don't know if, you know, if it's just they never used him that way because they didn't want to. But he hasn't done it too, too much, so maybe he also just, like, isn't great at the underneath stuff. He's just great on the boundary. But either way, I still think the Steelers are a bad football team. I do too. Fuck. God, this week sucks. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Seattle in this game, even with Geno Smith. I mean, don't be wrong. Geno Smith's not good. He's a backup quarterback. He's probably a full touchdown downgrade. Yeah. And you know what? Seattle wins this game by two every time if Ross plays. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, Pittsburgh, they lost Juju, which I don't think actually matters very much. At all. But they're still just, they're not a good team, man. Their, their offense is predicated on being able to get the ball out really quick to these playmakers and hoping they do something. But the quarterback is bad. The offensive line is horrible. The defense isn't that good. I mean, it's solid, but it's not great. Yeah, they're... they're it is It is foilable. Yeah, and they're a classic. If you don't get home, they're completing. <laughs> okay. I'm with you in that I kind of like Seattle. Are we making it a pod pick? We've already got three. I, I'm going to say no right now because we have a few games to go visit again, right? Let's, we do. Let's go visit it again. And I, I know we have like four maybes, but we'll go put them all together and go from that. Okay. What's up next? So then on Monday night, we have the Buffalo Bills going to play the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are plus six. It's really too bad I don't bet on the Titans. Would you want to bet on the Titans here? Last year. Uh, yeah, see, I... This Titans team feels totally different. They're just so poorly coordinated on offense. Yeah, I, I just don't think... They remind me of not really a lot of Browns teams, because not many Browns teams have had the level of talent that the Titans have. But a team that just looks like they should be a lot better than they end up being. Like, you go and look at them on paper, and you're like, this actually isn't a bad team. And then they go and win eight games. It doesn't help that... Their offensive line is beat up. Their wide receivers are, well, both of them, because they only have two, are decimated. Tannehill's actually played really well lately. I don't know. I, if you just do all of the do all the duct tape shoe, you know, old head, old head like tricks. You think about it. Could the Bills be any hotter in the streets right now? No. And could the Titans have? Because the Titans have dominated their last two games in extremely quiet fashion without their star-wide receiver and their other star-wide receiver. So, theoretically, to the extent that there's, like, market value, the Bills are expensive, there's value on the Titans. And if we're just comparing rosters, I think Tennessee's actually better. But coaching exists, and Buffalo's got it, and Tennessee does not. Yeah, 
I think that's your your biggest difference is that the Bills are one of the better coach teams in the league, and the Titans are probably one of the worst coach teams in the league. Yeah. So you have a huge discrepancy there. The Bills are also crazy confident. They are rolling right now. The Titans are beat up. I think A.J. Brown is back this week. I think he should be. So the the Titans are getting healthier. Derrick Henry is still really good at, at what he does, which is run through people. Great addendum. Within, you know, within... Run the, through defensive backs on outside runs. Right, but he, he's good at running through and eating up yards and eating up time. But that Titans defense is also pretty bad. Oh, it's bad. They're, they're not going to be able to cover. Josh Allen should be able to just eat them alive in terms of if they can actually cover and they drop seven guys. He's just going to run around on them. Mm-hmm. I think the Bills are going to beat up. I, I would lean Bills, but also I'm still not 100% confident in the Bills because they still haven't played any. The, the Chiefs are the best team they've played, and yeah, they, they really, really took it to them, but I think this is also part of us just realizing how bad the Chiefs are, and that if if their offense doesn't score on every possession against a good team, they're losing the game. Yeah. I mean, every every game where they have not been positive in the, you know, crucial mistake world, they've lost. The only, the only game was, you know, they beat the Browns, and the Browns had some crucial turnovers one of which was the blocked punt that, you know, Kansas City scored immediately after, and they barely won that game. And then when they've had any mistakes, they've lost. So Kansas City's not exactly a humongous win to me right now. So the Bills, they're a good team. They're not the best team in the league, though. Okay, so we've agreed that we're going to put the Buccaneers as a pod pick, even though we already watched the game, we knew it lost, and it was bullshit. Yep. We're going to bet Chiefs minus seven over the football team. Because the matchup is just too perfect. We really love both Dallas and the Chargers. That's four bets. We need one more pod bet here. So our maybes, we have the Browns. We have Green Bay. We talked about Carolina. I think they, they're already out for me if compared to the Browns or Green Bay. The Broncos, the Seahawks, for me, the Bills would be in there too. I think Green Bay I like more there. Out of those, what about you? Green Bay feels so inevitable, but I think it could also just be the Bears fan in me that knows that they always beat us. <sighs> it should be Green Bay. We've got a banged-up Justin Fields with a bad knee. He's not good. The Packers are good. God damn it, I can't bet on the Packers against the Bears. Not unless I love it, and I don't love it. That's fair. Cleveland, I just, I there are too many unknowns for me right now to bet on them. I agree. The Broncos... I don't actually like the Broncos. It's me more betting against the Raiders, and I, I don't feel great about that. Seattle is tough because I don't really want to bet on Geno Smith. Betting on Geno Smith feels like gambling, but it theoretically, it, it's a good bet. Yeah, there it's just it can go bad so quickly, and the Steelers are a team where if they do get home on you, they can really fuck up your day. And I don't really trust Geno Smith to mentally like get through and be like, all right, I'm running for my life, but I can make this happen. So they could crush them there. And then we have the Bills over the Titans. Or the Titans, I mean, they, they played real well last week. The week before, they beat the Jets in overtime. They lost. Uh... Lost to the Jets in overtime. So, like, they, it's not like they're on some 
great. Yeah, run. you're right. Nice I, I thought I forgot. I thought that they beat the Jets because they were so much better. No, they lost to the Jets in overtime. They beat the Colts the week before, but we just talked about the Colts aren't really anything either. So I still think the Titans aren't great. I mean, six is a big number. No, and... that's not a big enough number. I want seven in that case. That's too much of a fuck. I hate this card. It's a really bad card. It, honestly, what I'm going to do is I might only end up betting on the Chargers and Dallas personally. And then I'm just going to parlay the shit out of a bunch of these games. I'm going to tease, uh, uh, you know, we have six maybes we've talked about. And I'm just going to do a bunch of two-team, you know, either money line if they're the close lines or tease the lines and take them down into just a couple of two- and three-team parlays to kind of round it out just because there's a lot that I lean to towards and like, but not much that I love or feel confident enough that I'm going to really stick to it. Plus, that's let, this lets me put more money on Dallas and the Chargers. I want to make the fifth pod bet Seattle. But I want to make Dallas three units, and I want to make the Chargers two units because that'll obviate some of the weaker bets that we don't love as much. That see, that makes sense to me. So we'll do three for Dallas, two for the Chargers, then one for the rest. The rest being Tampa, which we lost, Kansas City, and Seattle. I think that's it. I think we did it. Yeah, I I mean it's it's not a great week. We put together five bets out of a card made of shit. Yeah, I mean, I I think if you use your units right, you can get a ton of value in this week. But you got to work for it. I mean, I know I'm going to be playing with these numbers for a while know before that Sunday. There are two games here that are legitimately juicy and actionable. And it's Chargers and Dallas. Those are the two games that I think you should be really honing in on. Everything else feels a little random, feels a little sloppy, or just generally feels like a terrible game. Oh, throwing on Jacksonville might not be terrible either. Plus three. Yeah, I mean, that's one. I, I feel like that's one of trying to force a game in because we don't like the card. It's totally trying to force a game. Because in a normal week, we would go, ill, forget this game, and move on. You're right. No, we're going to stick with what we got. Seattle will be our fifth. Yeah, Seattle, I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna hate that game the entire time because I'm going to wait for Geno Smith to ruin me. But... They should be able to score points. That Pittsburgh defense, they, they really, no one's going to be able to stick with Lockett. I know DK's beat up and hopefully he's playing, but they have no one that can run with them. They have no one that can run with them, and Seattle's just going to be playing quick game. They're going to run the ball and play the quick game, and the pass rush won't matter because it'll be out of the game. And do we think Seattle's defense is going to be able to shut down the uh, <laughs> the vaunted ancient fat man Ben Roethlisberger? Yeah, I think they're going to shut them down. Yeah, I mean, I don't love Seattle's defense. They're they're really not very good. I'm going to make a joke that's going to get me fired in 10 years. Doesn't doesn't that technically mean that Big Ben is going to score a lot? No, it means he is going to not get he's not going to score, but probably win anyways. Oh no. Fuck. Oh, it's so morbid, but it's so appropriate. You're going to get me fired in 10 years, too. <laughs> I'm cutting this. Maybe. Um. Okay. So, Seattle Seattle feels like a gamble. See, that's another one that I feel like we're betting against the Steelers more than we're betting on Seattle. I'm actually kind of high on what they could do with Geno Smith. Mm-hmm. And five points, is that's, that's a good number for being on the plus side. 
where we get a lot of play with weird stuff happening, which weird stuff is going to happen in that game. Yeah, okay, I'm down. We'll, we'll, we'll put him as the fifth. That's our fifth bet. Note that the allocation's important, and other than that, um, sorry about the helter-skelter chaotic podcast schedule this week. Yeah, you know, speaking to just how incredibly professional we are, this is the first time that we've uh, we've really been late. But yeah, it was a, a little crazy this week, and we'll we'll get back to regular schedule again next week. Yeah, I guess that's all we've got. Um, I will tell you that I have a couple parlays put together just based on the the big favorites that I think are locks. I had Tampa minus one and a half and minus three in two of them. Sorry. I'm sure you can find another minus 500 bet that you like, though, that you can fill in. Um, try to get it with Kansas City at a lower number, or the Rams at a lower number. Those are the two that I have, actually. But I'm not going to be able to tell you too much that you can't figure out yourself. These are big lines for a reason. I just think that they're very certain, and this week, if you're looking to bet, there's not a lot of value outside of them. So thanks for bearing with us. Thanks for listening this long, and hopefully next week I'll be able to say thank you because you've obeyed my wishes, and please bet on football games. Asta.